0: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable priced at only two hundred and ninety seven dollars for a full pair and no these are not simply amplifiers these are ultra high quality ultra reliable hearing aids priced thousands less than other hearing aids they fit right in your ear nothing shows on the back of your ear and at only two hundred and ninety seven dollars for a full pair when you order today nano will give you a forty five day money-back guarantee order right now and nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free Here's the number. Call now.
1: 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738.
2: What is going on? Oh, I'm here. The streets are empty in San Francisco right now because it's the Friday before Christmas. <clears throat> if you're listening to this and it's not December 22nd, this is a rerun or perhaps a best of tittle. You can do it that way too. When I was a kid, they used to do best of Carson and that's when I really couldn't find him. A, a uh, <laughs> replacement host. We had some weird ones. We really did. David Steinberg would do it. and <clears throat> Remember, Steve Martin would do it. And uh, remember, I asked my dad, I'm like, who's this? He goes, I think it's it's a no one, and they want to see if anybody will catch on. But then I got his album, Let's Get Small, and then we knew that Steve Martin was a genius. Let me know when the show starts, Daniel. Oh, we are on the air. All right. Three hours. We'll get you ready for your NFL weekend. R-I-X-P-I-X, as always, Rick's Picks. Let you know what's uh, what's going on there. Also, uh, if you want to uh, call in, it is 1-800-878-PLAY. I believe I have guests booked for every segment except the first one next hour. I'll get some Rick's Picks in at that point. But at the end of each hour, there's always like a two-minute segment if you want to get in that way as well. Or maybe somebody doesn't show up. <clears throat> it is a Friday, and... The last two Fridays, I have not done a uh, first hour with Jan Wall, so lucky to have her back. Last Friday, I was in Boston, and the Friday before that, I was also in Boston, but I was on the air doing my Army Navy show. So uh, we'll talk to some uh, entertainment types. And Black Dahlia, the lead singer of The Dwarves, our buddy, he's back in the studio at 1125 Pacific because he's got a new album and we'll talk to Blag and watch him on twitch.tv. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
3: Now, during Staples Print Big Sale, get $20 off your print purchase of $100 or more, $50 off your print purchase of $200 or more, and $100 off your print purchase of $300 or more. So the more you print at Staples, the more you save. To demonstrate, print, print, print at Staples. You save, save, save. But if you print, 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 print at Staples, you save, 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 save. See how that works. Staples Print Big Sale. Print more, save more. Up to $100. And 210. Visit staples.com print for details.
1: don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
4: Has someone in your family lost a job recently, and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over the phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495.
1: That's 800-788-1495.
5: Craving a guilt-free snack? Check out 100calsnacks.com for a treat that's 100% natural and free from added sugars. These surprisingly filling snacks are a tasty blend of low carbs, high protein, and fiber. And if the taste doesn't win you over, we'll give you your money back. Visit 100calsnacks.com. That's the number 100calsnacks.com. Indulge in a superfood-packed energy boost for just 100 calories. That's right. The tastiest and most nutritious, guilt-free goodness is at (music) 100calsnacks.com.
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Diddle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's great to uh, have Jan Wall back with us again last two Fridays. I was on assignment in Boston, and uh, so we're back. And Jan is a film critic and a Hollywood insider, and we always love having her on. Good to talk to you again, Janie. How you doing?
6: Hey, Rick.
7: How you doing, man?
2: Not too bad. Let's go to our first guest, and that is Georgiana Rodriguez, the nickname Noopy, and Noopy is with us because she is celebrating the centennial of Rose Marie. Live on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Hold the Roses. Uh, we had that, but anyway, uh, Noopy, your mom is Rose Marie. Can you tell us more, please?
8: Well, uh, yeah, she is my mother, and and uh, it's it's it's. We are celebrating her 100th birthday this year, and so we decided to release a CD of her singing because she was a child star. She was working since she was three. Wow. And so a lot of people don't know that. She has a documentary out called um, Wait for Your Laugh, and it basically chronicles her entire career, which spans 90 years. She never stopped working um, God of bless course her. she's most yeah, of course she's mostly associated with the Dick Van Dyke show, but that was only five years of her life, so um when you think about starting in vaudeville and everything else radio uh at five at five years old, she had her own radio show,
7: man, so, I um, saw that documentary. this is Jan wall, I saw that documentary. Hi. And it was amazing uh-huh. the the kind of work she did. Um, yes, was just she worked so hard, and she was a huge child star. Like she was like Shirley Temple,
8: exactly. She was actually bigger than Shirley Temple at the time.
7: Right. Isn't it amazing? So then, so, many years l- later, she becomes this quintessential working woman on right. television in Dick Van Dyke. Right which to so many of us who were in love with that show, I mean, her character was just so important. It was very
8: important, and, and throughout her life after Dick Van Dyke, she had many women come up to her and say, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't write, I wouldn't right. I wouldn't do what I would do. People like Marta, Marta Kaufman, who kind of started a little show called Friends, uh-huh. Um, uh, and people like that, that would come up to her and say, if it wasn't for you, I don't think I would have, I think, I don't think I would have pursued it. So she really made a mark she... for women out there at uh-huh. that time. She really, really did.
7: And so did that make her feel good? Was she a happy woman? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. She loved that. Yes.
8: Are you kidding? Yes, it, it was You know, you had, uh, you know, comics, female comics that would come up to her and say, you, you know, without you, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it. People like Paula Mm -hmm. Houndstone, even, um, even Roseanne came up to her and and literally couldn't talk. I was there. I Mm -hmm. saw it. And she, Mm. she just couldn't, couldn't talk because she was so thrilled to meet her. It was really something
2: got to ask too where does noopy come from
8: ah well that that came from my father my father was very into nicknames and all his friends he had nicknames for like the guy that owned the boat he called him skipper and all that kind of stuff and and uh he always referred to my nose as a uh, as a little noop and so it became <laughs> Noop, Nooper, (laughs) and then it became Noopy, and so for my friends, it's much easier for them to call me Noopy than it is Georgiana.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did she try out to do more? Um, I mean, there wasn't anything like the Dick Van Dyke show, but I mean, I worked with her as a stage manager on a a game show for ABC once, Mm -hmm. and she was great and such a pro, and so she did these game shows like Password and that's Game and all that. She was yeah. She
8: loved 12. she yeah. She loved the game shows because she loved uh-huh. playing the game. She really did. Yeah, yeah. So she did, and have, you know, she started. Yeah. She did twelve twelve years of uh, uh, Hollywood Squares because that wow. um, after my father passed away at a very young age uh she really didn't want to work she really didn't you know she went into a major major depression and uh when they called her about Hollywood Squares and they said, Well, all you got to do is sit in a box and uh, and so she goes, Well, I think I can probably do that <laughs> so that kind of brought her out a little bit yeah it really good, did
7: good, great, oh man, that's so great, you know I'm reading Barbara Streisand's autobiography right now, and there's oh yeah, kind of, I haven't yeah, read it yet. Weird. I've thought about well, reading I it. I haven't very, read it. Very good for people who have had some acquaintance with show business. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a dark side uh, to her show business. There's a real dark side all the way through the book so far of being really? afraid of fame, of being bitter about. Um, being so famous that people bothered her. Uh you know, she had issues. Um but your mom enjoyed her fame, huh? She absolutely did. I
8: never saw her yeah. refuse to sign an autograph. Never. Great. I've seen yeah. I've seen other other people do it. But um I mean they would come up to her when she was literally when she had the fork in her mouth and she was trying to have lunch or something. And they would come up to her and, uh, uh, you know, can you please sign my napkin? Right, right. You know, she she would always say, well, do you have a pen? And they'd go, no. (laughs) 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 How many
2: people asked you if Maury Amsterdam was your dad?
8: Uh, I don't think, you know, Maury was such a close family friend. But my father had his own reputation as a wonderful musician. He was he was very popular. Uh, he was the first trumpet player on staff at uh, NBC. He played a lot of radio shows. He uh, worked with Bing, Bing Crosby, and all of that. I actually, at years ago, I was having uh, uh, lunch, and two guys came up to me, and they said. Uh, are you Bobby Guy's daughter? And it kind of took me back because it was always, are you Rose Marie's daughter? Mm
9: -hmm. But Uh I
8: basically kind of, I kind of look like my father. So, but it was two musicians that um, very well-known trumpet players. And they said, uh, we just want to say that your father was just one of the greatest guys in the world. And what a wonderful, wonderful musician. He had, he played a lot of record dates. There wasn't, a uh, uh, singer at that time that my father probably didn't play on that date. So nobody really said that to me about Maury, although Maury was so close to our family. But um, well, before
2: we let you go, we're out of getting out of time here. Um, t- I mentioned uh, on uh, YouTube for people who want to uh, check it out. It is YouTube mm-hmm. dot cl- YouTube dot com slash Hold the Roses, and that's still up. You said right.
8: Yes, absolutely it is, and and people can get, if they want to hear her sing, she has a fan base now that has actually tripled since she passed away, wow. and they all want to, and because she sang on the Dick Van Dyke show, a lot of people wanted to hear her singing. So we found all play? these recordings, yeah. and so we Great put it song.
2: on a CD. Great stuff from yeah. Noopy Rodriguez. Thank you so much for your thank time.
8: Thank you, All righty. Thank you.
2: All right. Good stuff. Uh, Rick Tittle and Jan Wall will come right back with another guest right here on Sports Byline. I'm different. Yeah, I'm
10: different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different.
9: I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my cellin' missing. Pull up to the scene with my cellin' missing. Pull up to the scene with my cellin missing. Pull up to the scene with my cellin' missing. Middle finger up to my commodity. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control.
1: That's 800-943-2153.
11: Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845.
1: 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's
12: 800-760-1845. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now. 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. That's 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125.
13: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic.
2: Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad.
14: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with Jan Wall, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show film producer Gary Meyer. There's a new documentary called The Art of Eating, The Life of MFK Fisher. Gary, welcome to the show. Tell us more about Mary Francis Kennedy Fisher Parrish Frida.
10: <laughs> uh, she was uh, born in Whittier, California When she was a little girl She was writing I'm not Nine years old Writing for her dad's newspaper there But at 19 or 20 years old She needed to get out of town Out of the country And she married And went to Dijon, France Where she discovered What food really could taste like She wasn't uh-huh. so thrilled About what her mother and grandmother Had cooked her growing up uh, And it started a whole Change in her life it's a very dramatic life. She was married three times, through very different situations, but raised two girls uh, as a single mother. She worked in Hollywood for a couple of years, doing gags for the Bob Hope, Dorothy Lamar, Bing, uh, Bing Crosby Road movies, and other films. Um, she wrote over 30 books, hundreds of articles for the New Yorker, Gourmet, Atlantic, Town and Country, Vanity Fair, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and she's just a fascinating person. Gregory Bazot started this project almost five years ago, got the approval of the estate, which is run by the trust, which is run by the daughter, Kennedy, um, who said they had 14 proposals, and this was the first one that really understood Fisher. And so he has made it just a beautiful film. Uh, we've been doing fundraising screenings. We have one coming up January 20th at Copia and Napa. Uh, because we have to raise the money to pay for the 488000 incredible photographs and beautiful footage, rare footage that we've put in the film, Um, so before we can go out for a proper theatrical release.
7: Well, Gary, this is Dan Wall, a very old friend. I mean, we've known each other a billion years. People don't know Gary Meyer is huge in the industry, ran the Telluride Film Festival, I mean big. I've seen this movie. It is so good and so compelling and this woman was remarkable. Could you talk a little bit, people think of Julia Child in this kind of way. Could you talk a little bit about that uh, diff, the kind of uh, contrast between them? Yeah, and they were friends.
10: Uh, we have a wonderful um, audio interview with Julia Child talking about um, Mary Frances. But Julia was a, a fine chef. Um, she was, you know, crazy fun to watch, but she was a fine chef. And Mary Frances believed in what you've got in the kitchen, make something great out of it. Uh, If you can go out in the garden and pick some lettuce and tomatoes, you're halfway to dinner, Um, is a quote of hers. And she just loved to, to eat with people. So her writing is food writing, and it's different than it had ever been done before. And there are recipes in some of her books, but she was not that kind of a writer. She was writing right. about the joys of eating with other people. Uh, she was talking about life and survival and so many, many things. I first became aware of her when I was 11 years old, and my parents had a book on the shelf called How to Cook a Wolf. And I thought it must be about werewolves, because I was a, you know, a monster fan at that time. But it wasn't, and I had to ask my parents, what what is this all about? And they explained to me during World War II how we had rationing. We had to be really careful about things, and she... With a lot of humor, talks about that and also gives you recipes that people could afford at the time. But she's written wow. so many different things; it's just it's like reading a great novel to read some of her books. The Gastronomical Me is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, but there, as I say, there's over 30 books. Um, so you can go to mfkfisher.com and go. That's the estate, and if you then go to mfkfisher/film, you'll find out about the film. You can see a trailer. Uh, and sign up to follow uh, what, what's going on.
7: It's just great. Now, listen, yes. my friend, my dear friend, um, you and I are both movie critics. So here we go. Did you okay. see the Color Purple yet, the movie musical?
10: I will see it on uh, on Monday when it opens. I haven't it's seen it fabulous. yet. It's
7: fabulous. It's fabulous. Wonderful. The review. I, yes, we'll have to chat chat afterwards. How about? I read your review the and it's a
10: Yeah. Um, I am mixed on that. I have a lot Mm -hmm. of respect for the film. I think that, I had read the book when it first came out and I loved the book, thought it should have actually been a series. There's so many great stories that aren't being told. And while I know they changed the script, I still don't think that it really is the focus on the natives, on the Osage Indians, as much as it should be. It's really more about these two white men and the horrible things they did. And it needs an intermission.
7: Okay, yeah. Oh, everybody agrees with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a very interesting year, you know. You got your maestro, you got your Oppenheimer. I mean, it's a very interesting year.
10: Oh, yeah. Well, I I mean, I love The Holdovers by Alexander Payne.
7: Oh, don't Um, you love that?
10: Maestro, it's fantastic. Nyad, Oh, my gosh. And I haven't been at Benning and Joey Foster. It's fantastic. If they're
7: not up for Oscar, Gary, you know, you have a lot of pull and clout. I want you to get them up for Oscar, both of
10: them. <laughs> oh, I think that they will be. A, a smaller film that so. people may have missed. a small film people may have missed is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, based on the Judy right. Blume story. A wonderful movie. Wow. And theater Camp, another small film, Theater Camp. Um, last night I saw The Boy in the Heron, Miyazaki's, a astonishing animated film A Japanese right. animated film I watched it It's available usually in theaters In both dubbed and subtitled I watched the dub Because I wanted to concentrate on the visuals Which were stunning Every few minutes Absolutely. There was some new thing I could never imagine seeing in my
7: life
6: Back um, to MFK and K-
7: Fisher for a minute yeah. The only person who could play MFK Fisher To me is Meryl Streep I hate to be cliched about it But I don't know anyone else Who can capture
10: that kind of richness of spirit. Well, you I still disagree on the one hand, but she's, she's Julia Child, so I think that, oh. <laughs> that somebody somebody else is rather than uh, than her. And Paul Zant actually, the, the nephew of Saul Zant, has purchased the rights to a book that is about a dinner that was with M.F.K. Fisher, Julia Child, and,
15: mm-hmm. uh,
10: James Beard in France, in Provence. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's going to be wow. some year some into a film, um, but I don't know who will play uh, Fisher. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know,
7: I can yeah. almost see. I mean, but maybe it's because I'm such a stone fan. of hers. It's Scarlett Johansson because she's got this sort of big spirit. I mean, this yep. M. K. Fisher was such an unique individual and had such a big life. Such a big life. <laughs> What yeah,
10: Carlson had it as a possibility. Crosby
7: and all those people.
10: Yeah, see, I Fisher was ast- astonishingly beautiful. If you if you Google NFK Fisher images and you see these uh-huh. Pharrell, you know, Pharrell, Man Ray, Paul Fusco, um any of all the yeah. people photographs of her. It's really great.
2: Before we let you go, can you also, I know that you're very much um, a champion of local movie-going and supporting independent theaters,
10: aren't you? Yes, oh, absolutely. Well, you own one. Grand <laughs> Landmark and saved the Balboa, so I, it's very important. Go to local theaters, independent theaters like the Roxy, Balboa, Four Star, Vogue, Opera Plaza, Alamo New Mission, Bro- uh, Bro- uh, Pacific Film Archive in Berkeley, Elmwood, Grand Lake, et cetera, et cetera. There are film festivals. Uh, for uh, your last chance to see a movie at the Castro before whatever happens happens, is the Silent Film Festival is presenting great Carl Dreyer film Vampire on January twelfth. Timothy Brock's coming out and going to be conducting the San Francisco Conservatory Music Orchestra. It'll be an incredible event. Then Noir City will be at the Grand Lake in, later in January. Mostly British in February. The Vogue. I mean, I could go on. There's all these great festivals um, and something new that you may not know about. Screen Slate is an online publication in New York for several years. And they just started a San Francisco Edition. So it's a, right now it's a weekly newsletter. It probably will become daily. But you can go to screenslate.com anytime and see a listing of all the independent films and specialized films and revivals of classic cinema that are going on in the Bay Area. It's a fantastic resource. Sign up for it so you get their newsletter. There's always be an essay or an article about of some special film going on here in the Bay Area. Carrie, real um, quickly, I is really...
7: there any hope for the big screen? Is there any hope? I mean, can it? Will the big screen survive?
10: If you go to the movies on those theaters, yes, they will survive. Um, it's it's a really tough time. Understandably, COVID changed things, and people got happy with watching things on the television. I did too. Um, and there's some great stuff on television. I love Slow Horses and Reservation Dogs. I think are two of the best things out there, uh, and watch them as, many, as much as I could. But the, that experience of going to see a movie in a theater—I mean, going to see The Boy and the Heron last
7: night—I can't even imagine watching
10: that on television.
7: It was so like, exciting I feel to the see same way about included. The Color
6: Purple. Yeah.
2: All right, well, yeah, everyone like should Disney. check this out. It's called The Art of Eating, The Life of MFK Fisher, oh, and you can fabulous, find out more at fabulous. mfkfisherfilm.com. We've been speaking with uh, Gary Meyer. Gary, congratulations on the movie, and thanks for coming by. Thanks, Gary. Thank
7: you for having Okay, see you soon. All
2: right, good stuff. And um, Jan, we're off to the uh, ballet next. Are you uh, ready for that? Ah,
7: uh, I can't wait.
2: <laughs> Rick Diddle and Jan Wall right here. Come on back on Sports Byline. Oh,
16: Cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi, of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months, and Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. doctor today about SkyRizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more.
17: One out of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died or did it.
18: Resistors to mind reprogramming will be exterminated for the good of the state.
19: What kind of government you guys got here? This is worse than California.
14: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now, back to Rick Tittle.
2: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you, coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. One of the biggest events all year in San Francisco is the San Francisco Ballet Gala. And uh, we are very pleased to have the chairperson of that event, Michelle Harris. Michelle, welcome to the show. And I know this is something that you came to San Francisco many years ago, and it just stuck on you, and you had to come forever, didn't you?
15: It's true. I think I attended my first opening night in maybe 2005, and I was part of the the young persons committee for the ballet, and uh, was able to attend in 2006, and I joined the Ballet Auxiliary in 2013, and haven't stopped coming since.
7: Well, there's a good reason for that, Michelle. This is Jan Wall. I go every year, and this is the most mind-blowing event you could possibly go to. I mean, aside from the gorgeous, world-class San Francisco Ballet, and they show you sort of a, uh, a, a few of the dances they'll be doing all season. So you get this wonderful little group of dances that go from jazz to uh traditional to every kind of ballet you can think of right there on the on the stage of the opera house but it also is eye candy like you'll never see again. I mean this event makes the Oscars look like nothing. I mean it's so elegant <laughs> and fancy
15: and wonderful. It's true. I mean I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. When I first attended an opening night of the ballet, I was mesmerized. First of all, you come into the City Hall, which is totally transformed if you're attending one of the dinners, and it's just over the top. The gowns and the elegance that you see, I mean, you feel like you're stepping into a new world. And then you go over to the War Memorial Opera House, and it's like you're getting these little snippets of the entire season. And as you said, Jan, there this year under Tomorrow Rojo, we're really getting a lot of innovation while still a lot of the classics. So mm-hmm. the season has everything from like Mere Mortals, which the music is by Sam Shepard, and it even incorporates AI. But then we also are gonna have one like and Midsummer Night's Dream. So oh. and then the after party, this we've had a two-year hiatus for this after party. So this year you can attend the performance and the after party. For $175, McCall's is doing the catering. The decor is going to be fantastic. And there will be DJs and a live band. We'll go till past midnight. And I think 175
7: is very, very um, a good price for what you're getting. Because it's, it's, as I said, I mean, there's just no other way I could say it. But mind-blowing, it's so beautiful. But also, I would recommend, if you want to have the entire experience, to try and uh, make room for the dinner in your ticket buying, because it's really, it's a theme. There's always some interesting theme,
15: right? Yes. So this year, the theme is called Pandora, Curiosity Unveiled. Uh, and so there's, our theme has a lot of, like, electric Eve Klein blue with black. We're using a lot of light. It's a very modern. And you can attend the dinner, um, which also includes a, a, a membership to the Young Professional Circle, for about six hundred and fifty dollars. And then ticket prices go up from there, depending on which dinner you're attending. But it's so true, Jan. If you're able to make room in your budget, if you're it comes able, to that yeah, if, yeah, it's un, it's unbelievable. If able,
7: but, but if you're not, the one seventy is just great. I mean, you, no matter what, you get. You know, I went to the Nutcracker this year as well. I do everything the San Francisco Ballet does because it is so world-class. I mean, I was friends with Helgi Thomason and interviewed him a lot. For a, a guy from Iceland, he didn't talk a lot, but he sure did choreograph. <laughs> and the ballet with the costumes and the thought about it, and it's just like, it's hard to
15: believe it's, it's so world-class. It's true, and I, I loved Helgi and absolutely loved everything that he did with the ballet. This will be the first season under our new artistic director, Tamara Rojo, and she's bringing such an international element to this event, such a new, mm-hmm. fresh perspective. And I also have to tell you, she's also a mother of a young child living in San Francisco. I'm just amazed at everything that she does, and these dancers the level of athletic performance that they must achieve in order to be on that stage is unbelievable. Right. They are practicing, right. you know, 60, 70 hours a week with how much dancing they're doing and coming off of the nutcracker to roll right into this season. It's tremendous. I mean, a true athlete.
2: And also, and some
15: of the t- yeah, go ahead. Just want
2: to, we're speaking with uh, Michelle Harris from the San Francisco Ballet. Um, and also at the gala, you've got the Pelosi's as the honorary chairs, huh?
15: Oh, my gosh. I was I, I was almost in tears when I heard that they connected. Yeah. Because when I, it's especially, it's very special for me. Um, when I was in college, I interned in her congressional office in the city. And I just think after everything that they've done for our community, it's very special that they are stepping up to this honorary position I just saw Paul Pelosi out actually yesterday, looking amazing, and they're such great supporters of the ballet. I cannot wait to see them that night.
7: Me too. <laughs> I love them both. Yes. I was going to say that also the ticket prices go to support young ballet students, right?
15: Correct. The ballet does so much outreach. They, um, they have a trainee program. They have the school. They also, as you know... Um, They offer the Nutcracker to schools so that students who may not normally be able to see the Nutcracker are then able to come out and experience the War Memorial Opera House and just be brought into really this whole new level of culture that San Francisco can uh, provide. So you're doing good with your ticket purchase. And you can attend to the performance only for about $74. There's so many great restaurants. Around war memorial, you can go out uh-huh. and dinner there, then do the performance, um, or as I said, do the, the 174 for the after-party and performance, and then dinner tickets uh-huh. from there.
2: Can you tell us a little bit more about Tamara Rojo and what she brings to the table with her resume and experience?
15: Sure. I mean, she has such an amazing international resume. She has been everywhere. I mean, she uh, was honored by the Queen of England. I think there's, I'll have to send this to you. There's a wonderful video that she's produced with the ballet that takes you through her entire background. And I think she's just bringing a fresh perspective to the ballet, a very modern take, and also just wanting to welcome new audiences, which is why we're making the after party such a big deal this year.
7: Yeah, the potty is is just so much fun. But let's go back to a little bit about what you see the ballet doing. I mean, you see them uh, playing parts uh, that are in the full ballets all season. And do you have a favorite of those,
15: Michelle? I love Swan Lake. I mean, that is one of my Mm -hmm. favorites. I actually brought my daughter to that at a previous performance. And I mean, I'm just such a fan of the classics, but I can't wait to see Mirror Mortals. I think um, living in San Francisco and you know being in real estate in San Francisco and understanding what's happened to our city, I think AI is really going to be a game changer for the culture here. So I just love that Tamara is able to incorporate all of these new, very you know relevant cultural threads. Sam Shepard doing the music. Um, into some of the pieces that are coming on uh, for this season.
7: Right. Full orchestra too.
2: I have to ask yes. as well um, that, is it uh, black tie and, and tails and yeah. uh, it's <laughs> it's all that? If you show up in a regular suit, would you look like you're a bum?
15: You know, uh, again, <laughs> well, no, it's this year we're we're really being very inclusive and I would say there are people that go all out in tails. I would say for the dinner many most people are in tuxedos. But the after party is coming back after 2 years. It's definitely a formal event. Um, but we want people to attend. If you don't own a tux yeah. and you can put on a you know a nice suit and enjoy your evening at the performance the um, um Oh, oh listen, and, I've yeah. seen people there
7: with every kind of outfit. I mean, you know, as long as it's it's nice, you know, just nice. But, you know, San Francisco is very eccentric, and people who love the arts are eccentric people. <laughs> so you can get a little bit of everything. You can, but I have never seen such gorgeous gowns.
2: Well, oh Jan, i got to ask you, what's your fanciest hat you're going to bust out?
7: Yeah, <laughs> I I have a special ballet hat I, I put on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to bust it out. And I've got a gorgeous sequin coat that I'm going to wear this time that's new. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to sashay my way through that. Incredible. If you can get there, folks, I'm telling you, it's unforgettable. But if somehow you can't make opening night, remember this season is remarkable of the San Francisco Ballet. You will, You will feel like you saw the greatest ballet in the world.
2: Well, for more information, it's sfballet.org, but, uh, Michelle, tell us, actually, I've been remiss, when is opening gala?
15: Oh, sure. It's January 24th, 2024. We have a great date.
2: And that's a Wednesday, right? You're going to party on a Wednesday.
15: That's right. Wednesday (laughs) is the cool kid night to party.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Michelle Harris, uh, we'll, we'll, Jen and I, will see you there.
15: Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're going to appreciate,
2: appreciate your title. Oh, I will be suited and booted for the queen.
6: Woohoo! Woo!
2: All right. Hey, we Thank got... you so much. Thank you so much, Michelle Harris, Thank San Francisco you know. Ballet Gala Chair. Um, Jan, you got some recommendations on the other side for us?
7: Oh, man. I have a movie starring Paul Giamatti. All right. We're going to. Alexander gonna... Payne's new movie. Did you see
2: it yet? I have not. We'll talk about it next. Uh-huh. Come on back with Rick and Jan.
1: 30-day money-back guarantee, 800-867-6917, 800-867-6917, 800-867-6917, that's 800-867-6917.
17: American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline. Look at
5: me, look at me, don't look at anybody else, don't look at the fat ass losers or freaks, you look at me!
14: tittle will fight anyone listening to this
2: now 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 all right jan wall what should we be watching or not watching
14: oh my god i gotta tell you what you should be
7: watching because all of a sudden there's all these good movies out you know on netflix there's um the one with annette benning and jodie foster that is about the woman who swam from cuba to uh it's a sports movie actually at the age of 63, she ran from Cuba to um, uh, Florida. Oh, is it good. But the movie I want to talk about right now is called The Holdovers. And it's with Paul Giamatti, directed by Alexander Payne. Paul Giamatti is so great in this. It's about kids that are hoity-toity, you know, upper-class school who get left because their parents don't want to see them over the holidays. And it's just so smart and poignant and intelligent but funny. Oh, God, it's good. It's just great. It's called The Holdovers.
2: Yeah, that, um, it's funny. Alexander Payne, I think I know him most for um, Sideways, but he also right. and yeah. he's
7: called Giamatti.
2: Right, yeah, He. that's his yeah. go to guy, yeah.
7: Yeah, and oh, boy, is it good. This thing is just, and Giamatti is amazing in it. And it's got young people and it's got, you know, this whole thing about even if you're rich, if if, if your parents, you know, just ship you off, uh, you know, what it means. And it's, it's just fabulous. And then, um, you know, and the budding sexuality and all this jazz, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And the one I stay away from is May, December, which I did not buy for a frame about a woman who has an affair with a young boy and ends up being married to him. Uh, she's a teacher. Yeah, I, but, watched uh, yuck. I-, I watched it. Yeah. So I watched that. So i for definitely holdovers.
2: By the way, did you know, let me throw this at you. Did you know that Paul Giamatti's far- father was the commissioner of baseball for about three months? No. Yeah. Really? Maybe it was more like six months. Yes. Yeah, Abe Bartlett Giamatti. He was a, um, president of Yale and he replaced Peter Ubaroth. um, and Peter Eberhoff, of course, had the L.A. Olympics and the World Cup and all that. But um, Bart Giamatti Whoa. came in, and he suspended Pete Rose for life, and then he dropped dead. And, no. Yeah, he died, at, he died at 51. Wow. That's that's Paul Giamatti's father. He was commissioner of baseball for like six months, yeah.
7: Whoa. Then there's also Boys in the Boat, uh, the George Clooney film about young guys going to the Olympics as rowers. And then there's a wonderful movie about Nike called Air about the Nike Jordan shoes.
2: Mm-hmm,
6: that's even good. even
7: if you're not interested in Nike or Jordan. A I R Air, terrific.
2: Have you seen? We only got like 20 seconds. Have you seen Leave the World Behind? That Julia Roberts one. Boy,
7: everybody's talking about it. What is it?
2: You should watch it. It's it's weird. It's yeah. It's it's weird. But I would say give it a watch. All right. Hey, Jan. Everybody's talking
7: about happy it. Happy
2: holidays to you. And um thank you for everything. Darling. All right. Okay. All right, we'll talk soon. I'm Rick Tittle, we got another two hours. Come on back on Sports Pylon.
21: USA News. I'm Corey Myers. A jury cleared three Washington State police officers of all criminal charges yesterday in the 2020 death of Manuel Ellis. Officers reporting that Ellis was trying to open the door of a passing car when they confronted him and he became aggressive. Witnesses say Ellis never got aggressive and a doorbell camera showed him surrendering before being tased and restrained face down. The defense argued that a lethal amount of methamphetamine and pre-existing heart conditions killed Ellis, not the officer's actions. All three officers had been charged with manslaughter. Two of them were also charged with second-degree murder. The Christmas holiday weekend arriving, but with the added specter of war in the Holy Land. Ryan Daniels has more.
19: Israeli forces were beginning to slowly push into central Gaza Friday with heavy artillery bombardment and airstrikes reported. Since the October 7th murder of more than 1,300 Jews at the hands of Hamas terrorists in Israel, the death toll for Palestinians has topped 50,000 amidst the IDF's retaliatory invasion.
21: Meanwhile, the U.S. now putting its support behind the newly softened language in a U.N. Security Council resolution. It calls for new humanitarian aid corridors, close monitoring of them, and a commitment to working toward a lasting cessation of hostilities. Israel revealing what it describes as the extensive tunnel network beneath Gaza City constructed by Hamas. Dave Collins has more.
19: According to Israeli officials, the network includes command and control centers, meeting rooms, and hideouts for top Hamas leaders. However, Israel has not confirmed reports about the initiation of seawater pumping into these
3: tunnels.
21: This is USA News. American auto dealerships operating under the Ford Motor Company don't all appear to be buying into EVs. The auto giant says half of its dealers in the United States still have not committed to making investments in electric vehicles. Ford says there are nearly 1,600 of its dealerships, which they say will stick with selling only internal combustion and hybrid engine vehicles in 2024. At the same time, roughly 9 in 10 Americans already live near a Ford auto dealer that does service EVs. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration warning consumers about counterfeit versions of the diabetes drug Ozempic. The FDA has seized thousands of units of the product recently as the agency advises wholesalers, pharmacies, and patients to check the product they have to make sure it is not counterfeit. The FDA and Ozempic manufacturer Novo Nordisk say they are testing seized products for information about identity, quality, and safety. More information and instructions on how you can identify counterfeit product can be found on the FDA's website. The lawsuit against Nirvana's Nevermind album and the band is back on. Spencer Eldon is the infant featured on the cover. He is alleging sexual exploitation and ongoing personal harm. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
5: If you're a diabetic, we have great
19: news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065.
1: 471 7065 That's 800-471-7065. That's 800-943-2153.
16: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
2: Thank you for that and welcome back to the show. Rick Tiller with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's funny, Bill Cower was on uh, ESPN, former Steelers coach, of course. And um, just going back on the <clears throat> quote from George Pickens, I originally thought it was Kenny Pickett that said it was George Pickens, the wide receiver, said that he didn't block because he didn't want to get hurt. And Cower said, quote, It is disappointing to see and hear what George Pickens talks about, because culture really is about commitment and sacrifice. You're not just playing with one another, you're playing for one another. And he said he could never imagine a player doing what he did and not giving everything. Cowher said, quote, to me it's all about effort. We're going to make mistakes, I get it, and sometimes we don't make the right call. But one thing that should never be questioned is your effort and your ability to be there for your teammate, picking somebody up. That is very bothersome. I think there's got to be consequences for that, so we'll see what happens with it. He's going to be held accountable because you have to have accountability. If you don't do anything and there's no consequence to the choice that he made, now you're losing accountability, and I think that's a very important element that you have to have in that building. Now, Mike Tomlin has uh, more accountability than anyone. And he said Pickens is going to play Saturday against the uh, the Bengals. But, yeah, it's safe to say that Pickens' actions have not gone well <coughs> in the locker room. And uh, running back Jalen Warren said, some people play the game differently. If I was in that position, I would have blocked for him, but we play differently. So, And then Brad Roethlisberger chimed in, former QB, He said, quote, you need somebody to stand up in that room on offense and be like, hey, this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold. This isn't what has been handed down from those teams of the 70s, the Steel Curtain, the four Super Bowls, the Knowles, the Bradshaws, the Blunts, all those people. It's unbelievable. I understand the further you get away from that, the harder it is unless being passed down and then getting carried away. So, but that's just kind of the NFL these days and the the honesty. How come you didn't block? Didn't want to get hurt. I think this is the guy right in front of you. Just block him. You're not, he's not asking you to jump out of a plane with no parachute. All right. I'm Ray Tittle. I just talked some sports. Come on back.
4: Has someone in your family lost a job recently, and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property, and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately.
1: 800-788-1495, 800-788-1495, 788 1495 that's 800-788-1495. Hey airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation That's 800-211-6008.
6: Hour 2 of Titillating Sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes hour two of titillating sports. Hey,
10: check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Till.
2: Thank you for that. Speaking of Burger, coming up in the next segment, Dale Newberger. Welcome to Newburger, home of the Newburger. He'll join us and then actor comedian Mark Christopher Lawrence. When you have three names, you're either a child star or you're Bundy. Actually, he only had two names. Black Dahlia in studio coming up in a little over an hour from the Dwarves. Let's get to Rick's Picks, R-I-X-P-I-X. And this is going to be a cavalcade of football here coming up the next three days. First of all, um, a shout-out to the Rams who are now alive in the wildcard. This was a, a huge game last night for these fringe teams that the Saints and the Rams, both 7-7. Seven and seven. But this guy, Puka Nakua, <clears throat> who the hell is that? He might be the offensive rookie of the year. He had 164 yards, another touchdown. And this is a guy who was a fifth-round pick and had <laughs> a BYU, and he was targeted 11 times by Matthew Stafford, caught nine, as I mentioned, 164 in a TD. He should have had another one, but Stafford threw it way over his head around the 10-yard line with no one around. And Nakua is a guy, just these great diving catches. These aren't little dump-offs. The He scored the first touchdown on a fourth-and-goal conversion, which was, I always hate it when uh, <clears throat> teams do that, when you go for it on fourth down when you, when you don't have to. But, you know, pulling out of tackles in the open uh, field, he made an ac- absolutely ridiculous grab, gaining 41 yards in the middle of the game. And uh, once again, Nakua, uh, I mean, I'm not going to tell you I had ever heard of him. Um, I didn't hear of him probably, you know, a month and a half ago. But, you know, this is why when you're drafting in the fifth round, you need to know what you're doing. But it just... To to look at what he's done so far, ninety-six catches. That's the third most all time for a rookie behind Jalen Waddell and Anquan Bolden so far. 1,327 receiving yards, fifth most by a rookie all time. Bill Groman, whoever that was, Jamar Chase, Justin Anderson, Anquan Bolden at this point in the season. Six one hundred yard receiving games. That's the third most in the Super Bowl era behind Justin Jefferson and Odell Beckham, and 350 receiving yard games tied for rookies with Jamar Chase and Randy Moss. So that guy very much could be Rookie of the Year. All right, let us move on. Let's start off on Saturday, and we've got two games. That's right, in the NFL, college football, we're taking over. Steelers hosting the Bengals. And uh, I don't like <clears throat> what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. And Jake Browning out a Folsom High in Washington doesn't look half bad. I'll go Bengals on the road. Bills at the Chargers. The Chargers are a mess. They have no coach. They have no direction. They are playing at home, but the Bills, 12 and a half. Wow. Chargers a home dog for 12 and a half. Just think about that at the beginning of the season. It's crazy. I'll take the Bills, though. I think they cover, one by two touchdowns. Texans host the Browns, and the Brownies are showing whether it's DTR or Flacco, they're getting it done. I think, uh, and we'll see about Stroud. If Stroud plays, I'm going Texans. If he doesn't, I'll go Browns. Let's just say that. It's a game-time decision. Vikings host the Lions, and... um, I just sort of feel like the Lions have to have a little bit of a bump, a little bit of a hiccup. I'll take Vikes in the division game. Panthers and Packers. And I'm going to go for the Panthers at home to win two games in a row. What do you think of that? It's my upset special because they're getting four and a half. Falcons hosting the Colts. We're into Sunday now, by the way. Uh, Falcons hosting the Colts and the Minshew Magic. Can you keep it going? Tom Brady didn't like the way he laid out Pittman in that uh, last game against Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah, the, the Falcons <clears throat> the Falcons don't excite me, even though they draft an offensive player every year, whether it's a tight end or a running back. They still don't have the QB that they need. But uh, I'll take the Colts on the road. Picking a lot of road teams here. Seahawks against the Titans. This is uh, Sunday as well. This is Sunday now, yeah. <clears throat> as I said. And um oh, man, that's tough. I'm actually gonna go Seahawks on the road as well. Titans are an underdog in that one. Sorry, Will Levis. Jets and the Commanders. Ugh. This is in New Jersey in East Rutherford. Um man. I'll go Jets on defense at home. The Bucks are playing the Jags. And Trevor Lawrence gonna play I think yeah he's in concussion protocol right yeah we'll see um man I think I'm gonna go for a little Mayfield magic at the big sombrero Rick they don't play there anymore like oh yeah um yeah if Trevor Lawrence plays maybe I'd change my mind he is practicing today thank you Daniel um uh, if he plays, I'll go with the Jags. If he doesn't, I'll go with the Bucks. The Bears host the Cardinals in a game only a mother could love. Bears win at home. When two bad teams play each other, I'll take the home team. Dolphins and Cowboys. This is going to be the big game on Sunday. Dolphins at home, and I think the Dolphins win that game. Broncos will host the Patriots. Broncos win that one. Then we go to Christmas Day triple header, starting off early. Trying to ruin my Christmas, trying very hard with the Raiders, who are going to get skunked at Kansas City. The Chiefs are giving up 10 points to the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders cover. I think they lose by 20. I'll say 32 to 12. That's right. The Raiders end up with 12 points somehow. The Eagles face the Giants, and the Eagles have lost three games in a row. And Tommy Cutlets finally lost a game. I think the spread is way too high. The Eagles are favored by 13 and a half. I think the Eagles win by a touchdown. Let's go with that. And uh, then the Monday night game, is all Christmas, down at Levi's, the two of the best teams in football, the 11-and-3 Ravens against the 11-and-3 49ers. And this is going to be... Um, should be a shootout, but then again, Vegas has the Niners by five and a half, so they don't think it's going to be that close. That's what the Niners are giving up to Baltimore. Um, but the Niners, ever since their little what three-game losing streak, they are a well-oiled machine, just devastating every team in their path, and they are at home. So I cannot pick the Niners to win this game. But this is why this why this might be some must-watch TV because. Lamar Jackson could go cray and turn it over. So, a uh, lot of road uh, teams I'm picking in this one. And uh, ladies and germs, we're getting down, as Nacho Libre would say. To the Just three games left for uh, most teams uh, at this point. And uh, by the way, if you're a Raider fan like me, you got to run the table <laughs> and go nine and eight. Uh, and then cross your fingers, and you need a lot of help uh, after that. But it starts winning at Arrowhead. They can do it. They could. I think they have a better chance than if McDaniels was there, but I just don't see it happening. All right, let's take a commercial break, and we will come on back with Dale Newberger.
3: pricing information 800-915-9654 915
1: 9654 915 9654
11: that's 800-915-9654 i'm a pretty normal guy i do one weird thing i like to go in the women's room for number 2 i've been caught several times and i have paid dearly
14: Rick Tittle never eats beef jerky during any month that ends in November.
2: <laughs> All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Dale Newberger. He has spent a lifetime in service to Olympic sports. He's been a volunteer board member. He's been an organizational leader, a professional consultant, spanning more than 40 years of engagement with the Olympic sport landscape. And um, he's also the principal with Game Changers Consulting Incorporated, an Indianapolis-based professional services company. Dale, welcome to the show. That was kind of like your thing, is like moving everything to the hub city. You were kind of like the impetus behind that, right? Well, thank you. It's
18: a pleasure to be with you. And Indianapolis has really been a center for Olympic and uh, professional sports and it's been a great emphasis for our city over the last 35 or 40 years
2: what is it because I remember when uh, they were going to have the combine and you know as I said the hub city like well where where is the the most centrally located place and it turned out that uh, you know Indy was the place and as you've seen with you know lucas oil stadium and and the way the city has grown uh what what has it meant uh for your uh endeavors in the olympics with that type of growth
18: well i think there, there's there been a great appreciation for sports at all levels uh, there always has been a, a great appreciation in indiana for basketball but I think both uh, on the intercollegiate sport uh, realm, as well as within the Olympic and, and certainly professional sports, uh, we've grown a lot as a city. And I think the the infrastructure, both the facilities, as well as uh, other uh, elements of the, whether it's medical uh, capabilities as it relates to the combine and so on, it's been a, a can-do atmosphere and a, and a spirit of in which. Uh, sports have really been embraced both as a quality of life issue, but also to as an economic driver for our city.
2: Now, when it comes to uh, USA Swimming and others, you you've been a uh, this is I guess your fifth consecutive term now as vice president of FINA. We know FIFA, we know FIBA. Tell us more about FINA.
18: Well, FINA has recently changed its name to World Aquatics to reflect a little bit uh, better our our areas of, of, of service. Uh, FINA is the, the French acronym that nobody really understood. World Aquatics uh, really embraces now six disciplines, competitive swimming in the pool, but also open water swimming, diving, high diving, uh, water polo, and artistic or synchronized swimming. So it's, it's, uh, it's the full uh, comprehensive list of things in the water. And it's the International Federation is recognized by the International Olympic Committee. So we are responsible for uh, the technical aspects of everything in Paris in the coming summer. And um, we have 49 medal events uh, across the aquatic landscape. So we have more more medal events than any other sport for the first time uh, in Tokyo. Uh, Previously, it's always been athletics, but now we have 49 medal events and Really, are at the top of the at least the Olympic food chain, which has been a really exciting development and growth for our sport over the years.
2: You know, I wanted to ask you about uh, Paris because I remember with the LA Olympics in '84, they played some Olympic soccer games at Stanford, which of of course is like you know a seven-hour drive away from LA. How much are we going to be expanding out from from Paris into maybe some of the other regions with with swimming?
18: Well, for swimming, uh, uh, not at all, actually. We'll be in a facility called La Defense, which is the rugby facility, the largest indoor facility in Europe. So we, we really have a great venue. And they're building a new aquatic center for diving, artistic swimming, and water polo that's adjacent to Le Stade de France, which is where the 1988, 1998 World Cup was held, as well as the, the Rugby World Cup in this, uh, in, in 2023. So it's great, but in terms of far-flung locations, probably no more so than surfing, which will take place in in Tahiti. So I think that's the only one that's really out there. There are soccer uh, events in the lead-up uh, throughout France, but uh, surfing uh, takes, uh, takes the prize for longest distance away from Paris.
2: <laughs> I did not know that, but I thought, yeah, where are the waves in, like, the Bay of Biscay? Like, where are they going to have the... <laughs> Maybe in the channel or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I also know that you were the assistant AD at uh, at Indiana there in Bloomington, and, and, of course, we just recently lost Bobby Knight and and what he meant to that university, and then, of course, there were some, like, fractious times, and then and then he came back. What <clears throat> When all is said and done now, when you sort of the dust has settled, how, how do the people of Bloomington feel about Bobby Knight?
18: Well, I have to say, I, I was uh, part of the staff uh, when Coach Knight uh, w- was, uh, was was coaching, and it was uh, it, it was an interesting time, as you might imagine, because there were there were so many aspects to both his personality as well as his uh, his coaching. I'm going to say his coaching legend uh, as as it grew over the years. Um, but it was exciting times. I, I think there has always been a great. Respect and reverence for Coach Knight for, for a number of reasons. And he he valued before many others uh, that uh, student uh, athletes had, actually had to go to class and they were expected to graduate. And uh, there was no um, you know there was no allowance other than for full participation in that way. And he demanded discipline. And so I think uh, although the style may be a little bit different than what you might associate with. Uh, with, with the Midwest and certainly with Indiana. Uh, and certainly the, the style was, uh, was, was, was fiery and was, uh, one that, uh, was volatile and you kind of never knew exactly what would happen. But the, the elements that he, uh, instilled in the student athletes, uh, part of the team, uh, were ones that are very much part of the, the DNA of Hoosiers, and that is hard work, diligence, do what you're supposed to do, go to class, fulfill your requirements. Um, so I, I he's held in, still in great respect uh, throughout the state, and I, I think uh, will even be more so as, as time goes on.
2: Very interesting. And for you as a former swimmer yourself, Ivy League swimmer, and you think about how the sport has changed, did – Correct me if I'm wrong, did we get to a thing a few years ago where the outfits were like too slick, you were like too porpoise like and they were like banned it's like you can't you can't wear that you'll go too fast. did we have something like that?
18: <laughs> we sure did in a period from two thousand seven to two thousand nine we had uh, we had plastic swimsuits and um, the, the research and development in the sport had had advanced so far that there were everything that we knew about uh, swimming dynamics—the uh, the dynamics in the water—were really turned upside down. And, and the days when I I swam, and certainly my contemporaries, you wanted to have the smallest possible swimsuit you could have. <laughs> now you wanted the the largest. You you could go ankles to to wrists. Uh, that that was the best because the coefficient of drag was was less with with uh, with the, the material than it was for skin. And Also. Uh, carried, carried air, which gave, gave swimmers more buoyancy and was able to especially carry them at the end of races uh, to do things that others uh, uh, would not have been able to do uh, without the suits. But, you know, sport technology is interesting across all sports, whether that's uh, golf or tennis and uh, skiing or, or whatever the sport may be. And there, there has to be a kind of uh, a measured growth for sport type of technology and I think uh, we instituted a swimsuit approval program the manufacturers all need to bring their suits and we have levels of, of, uh, of porousness for the for the material and the number of seams and how those are, are can go together but it was really an attempt to make sure that there was a level playing field because the suits were frankly very expensive and it made it such that there was a have-not a haves and have-nots within our sport and and that really created a, a, a dynamic that, that wasn't comfortable that only the wealthiest countries with athletes from uh, the most developed nations in the world really had a chance to succeed and that that's not good for uh, the competitiveness of our sport
2: We just have like one minute you've recently been awarded a very prestigious award could you tell us about that real quick
18: Well it's the George Steinbrenner award George Steinbrenner is known as a <laughs> you know, the owner of the Yankees and, and uh, many of the activities around his tenure during that time, but he was also a really strong supporter of the Olympic movement. He was elected as a vice president, and there was nobody within the U.S. Olympic Committee at that time, now the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, who was more uh, vocal and more supportive of athletes, and um, he really changed the way the USOC prepared for Olympic games. And uh, so an award with his name actually is, a, is, a, is an enormous honor for me because of how much he cared about athletes and athlete performance.
2: Very cool. That's, of course, Dale Newberger. And um, uh, thanks for coming on and uh, your insights and uh, the information, and congratulations on the award, and uh, happy holidays to you.
18: Pleasure to be with you, and happy holidays to you and to your listeners.
2: All right. Thank you so much for that. And uh, we'll take a, a break, and on the other side, we'll talk about a Christmas movie. So we'll do that next right here on Sports Byline USA.
12: New breakfast two for three dollar Biggie bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best: sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee, or two savory sausage biscuits. Yeah, uh, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two for three dollar Biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. pricing participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at a regular price.
1: That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single
19: plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. If we're handing out insults for being fat, let's have a go at him. Look at him. Why? And he's got glasses. Let's call four eyes as well. What do we call him, Fatty Fatty Toad Boy?
6: Bob? <laughs>
14: Don't be getting your granny panties all in a bunch. We got Rick Tittle up in here.
2: Oh, we got Rick Tittle up in here, and uh, we're waiting on our guests. So until he uh, chimes in, feel free to get in and get heard. Uh, remember, Shoei Otani, when he agreed to take his contract with the Dodgers, decided to defer most of the money. The 10 years he will be in Los Angeles, he will make $2 million a year. Count them, $2 million a year. <clears throat> and that's because he wanted money freed up to buy other players. Buy? I guess that's the right word. Uh, Freddie Freeman and... Um, Mookie Betts are doing the same. And think about it. The two biggest names in free agency, the Dodgers got both. Both Japanese. Yoshinobu Yamamoto has decided to join the, join the Dodgers for $325 million over 12 years. Um, <clears throat> this is a guy talked about it yesterday the last three years in a row he has been the mvp and the equivalent of the cy young one in nippon professional baseball and it's the largest contract ever getting to a pitcher because it's one million more than garrett cole's 324 and that was not a coincidence i'm sure and now the Oryx Buffaloes get $50 million. So that's the thing where a team like my team, the A's, especially now that they're moving, but even before that, they would never pay fifty mil just for the opportunity of paying for a guy. And so the Dodgers, man, they are going to be the team. But you think about who's left. Well, pitching-wise, it's about Blake Snell. And I think it's weird. I think Giants fans are too hard on their front office, no matter who it is. Like, I can't believe we did get... Why would they want to go to San Francisco when they can go to the Dodgers? The Dodgers have won 14 out of 15 divisions. And you're going to go to a team where you've got Casey Schmidt and Yaskrimski And I mean, you're going to go to that team? Will Crawford still be around? They kind of said goodbye to him already. Other than that, the pitchers that are still out there, Marcus Stroman, Lucas Gelito Jordan Montgomery, all good pitchers. But, you know, Snell, of course, two times Cy young, winner, pitched in the World Series, and he, he is the top one. And the Giants are doing everything they can to get him. But the two best position players, Cody Bellinger, who was almost out of baseball two years ago, and Matt Chapman, who is not a very good hitter. He's a very average hitter. Those are your best guys. So... Apparently, we heard Thursday. And remember, uh, Yamamoto had dinner with Steve Cohen and members of the Mets. I would pick L.A. too over the Mets just because your chances of winning with the Dodgers are way higher. And now you're going to be there with Otani, who, by the way, is fluent in Japanese (laughs) and a guy, you know, as your teammate from the world champion Japanese team at the World Baseball Classic, which I went to down in Phoenix in the spring. But it's, it's just too... I mean, you can't fault him. You really can't. All right, we have found our guest, and we have actor and comedian Mark Christopher Lawrence, and he's here to talk about his new movie called Bringing Back... Christmas, and um, Mark, welcome to the uh, show. Where did Christmas go? Well, you're bringing it back, huh?
22: Well, I mean, I, I think the, the biggest thing is that, you know, it, it's become this gigantic uh, shop fest, Yeah, and that's not what it's all about.
2: What was the inspiration behind this? Did you just, you see a couple of Black Friday fights, and you're like, enough already? <laughs> <laughs>
22: You are hilarious. Uh, no, it, it, it came from Trey and Ariel Fernald. You know, they they wrote a, a play and then got it made into a movie. And you know, luckily, I was uh, chosen to be the lead role in it.
2: So, Daniel Reese, who you play, you are a uh, very nice uh, family man, and you are determined to pay for your child's critical surgery, but you have. Lost your job, and so this people say it's a little bit kind of like it's a wonderful life. I mean, it's a story of uh, love and uh, perseverance and and other such things, huh?
22: Yeah, it, it's very reminiscent of it's a wonderful life, except for it uh, takes us back to BC, um, so that Daniel can see that you know there's other people that have problems that are greater than his.
2: How do you sometimes draw the line to where you want to have a movie that's heartfelt, but you want to keep it lighthearted so it doesn't get too serious as well? It's kind of hard to walk that line, right?
22: I I think that's the good thing about this film is that it's funny and um, people can relate to it. People can insert themselves into uh, the scenario with their own issues and still laugh at it. And I think that's, that's, helps us in this day and age. I mean, we're going through so much in the world right now that a little levity goes a long way.
6: For you,
2: when you um, are in a movie now, at this point in your career, do you sort of say, look, I'm going to go with the script and do what the director says? Or is there a little collaborative effort and give and take and say, maybe it would be better if I said this or maybe it would be better if I stood over here or that type of stuff?
22: Yeah, every time I work, I, I uh, find a way to be true to what the writer wrote but sometimes i'll have an idea that i think might be uh different and maybe better and i'll pitch it to the director and see what the director says and usually they'll say well let's do it both ways and see what what sticks
2: right when you started doing comedy back in the day um you know and i interview a lot of comedians i'm always i'm a big comedy nerd and i just love the fact that you know, I think when I was 14, me and my friends, we were all hilarious, but, you know, we're not going to make a career out of it. We're not really funny. When did you get to the point where you're like, oh, oh no, I'm actually funny?
22: Uh, I started doing stand-up in the 11th grade. I was, that was back in 1981.
6: Mm-hmm.
22: And uh, my first time on stage was at the comedy store in, the, in uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. But on Sunset, I did three minutes and was funny for three minutes without really having an act. <laughs> Louis came off Louis Anderson said keep writing kid you got something
2: there <laughs> was that in the OR or the belly room or what? Did it, or in the main room
22: that was in the original room
2: wow how fun yeah. huh? but then yeah. you think about the transition you know getting on TV you know and all the shows you did getting in the movies did that something you take to like a fish to water or did you have to like really work at acting classes and stuff
22: Well, I went to USC on a debate scholarship. A
2: a debate scholarship? Wow. Yeah. Cool. And
22: and while I was there, I auditioned for the. I I took a voice class for centering and speaking because I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And then uh, the instructor talked me into auditioning for the Bachelor of Fine Arts acting program. I was already a junior. I got in, they put me in as a sophomore and I started working professionally the same year. First, one of my debate coaches brought up agent to see me in a play, and she signed me, and first audition, first job, Hill Street Blues.
2: Wow. We're the same age, by the way, so I know how huge that was.
22: <laughs> yes. Well, it changed the way we watch television. Right. All the cop shows today are patterned after that.
2: I also love the fact that didn't you you played two different people on Seinfeld?
22: <laughs> yes. yes. I think I'm one of a handful of people that that played more than one character.
2: <laughs> well, when you did, I was just looking at your filmography. When you were in Caddyshack 2 as construction worker number four, did you say there? There it is. I've made it, baby.
22: <laughs> that was that was my first film, which came a year after hill street blues and hill street blues the the messages of my machine before i got home from the audition so i ran home after every audition for a year checking the machine and <laughs> i was like oh i'm not gonna get them all best thing to ever happen to me because now i just do the audition and let it go
2: <laughs> so when you've done so much do you ever like go around the tv at night and then you'll see your face and be like what the hell is this i forgot i did that
22: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, or, or I'll get a residual check for like three cents. And i go, what was that? I don't even remember that.
2: <laughs> you know what sticks with me is someone who takes BART every day from the East Bay to San Francisco. Whenever I have to use a restroom, I think about that scene in Pursuit of Happiness where they have to sleep in oh. the BART bathroom. So when you were in that, I mean, that was a highly memorable movie. You You've been in some really big hits.
22: Yeah, blessed, you know. You can only describe it as being blessed. It's, it's, whenever I decide, well, maybe I should find something else to do. I'll get a great job like that.
2: Yeah, it's outstanding. All right, so you have five minutes to show somebody your favorite part of bringing back Christmas. What would that be?
22: It would be the it <laughs> be the scene with me and the angel. And the angel is Lee Allen Baker, and she's on the back of a mule because that was my worst day on set. <laughs> it was 113, and the mule did not want me to be in a seat. He just kept pushing his body against mine, and you can see it in the tape that they use that he's like shoving me off of the tr- off of the road. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, everybody should check it out. Once again, it's called Bringing Back Christmas with our guest, Mark Christopher Lawrence, a great cast. Dean Kane, Superman is in this movie uh, as well. Um, congratulations on the film, Mark, and um, happy holidays to you, buddy.
6: Happy
22: holidays to you. I'm actually going to be up to you in your, your neck of the woods on the 30th at Deerfield Ranch Winery doing stand-up.
2: Well, if you're in the city, come on by like everybody else. We'd love to have you in, man.
22: we Will do. All right. right. Will do.
2: Good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and we'll get on back on byline.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. 800-211-6008 800-211-6008 That's 800-211-6008
23: Okay, just hold on. I'm just going to jump into one without thinking. No thinking. I'm just going to let it flow. Let it flow now.
6: Fast car on the highway, on the byway,
11: Mr. Robotron. Okay, that's not a good one.
6: got so to beat every time she walks down the street another girl in the neighborhood wish she was mine she looks so good i want to hold her want to hold her tight that teenage kicks right through
14: the night if you're thinking about calling Rick Tittle just put down that phone and shut your ugly face damn girl
2: All right, welcome back to the show. 1-800-878-PLAY. Blog Dahlia coming in studio at 1125, about a half hour from now. So the Dodgers have spent over a billion dollars this offseason, all in all, uh, on a DH and a pitcher. That's the thing you got to remember is Otani is not going to be in the rotation next year. And this would have been a huge acquisition for any team. It's almost an afterthought that they got Tyler Glasnow, who – was going to be like their ace, and you got Walker Buehler coming back from his Tommy John, and you got Tony Gonsolin, <clears throat> St. Mary's College. You got Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, some of these other youngsters as well. Dustin May. The Dodgers are so stacked right now, and you think about Freddie Freeman and MVP, Mookie Betts and MVP. Gavin Lux is supposed to be healthy again. Um. James Altman, the, the Bay Area kid, is probably the center fielder right now with Chris Taylor and Jason Hayward, but there's also um, Manuel Margot. is there. Uh, they're just Max Muncy back over at third. They're stacked. <clears throat> and you think about you know, not just the Giants missing out on Yoshinobu, Yamamoto, but also the Mets and the Yankees. That was the you know, and he is the winner, and the Dodgers are the winner. But those two New York teams, what are they going to do now? And so, you th- you think about the uh, Pete Alonso with the Mets and Juan Soto now at the Yankees are both in walk years, and now those two teams will have more money to spend on them, I guess. But remember, the Yankees they forked out on Aaron Judge to the tune of four hundred million dollars last year. But this also means that Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell are going to make a lot more money than they thought, and probably Lucas Giolito and probably Marcus Stroman uh, as well. So look, the Giants got Jung Ho Lee and or Jung Hoo Lee, I should say, and that to me, he's going to be a star. Maybe not a superstar, but he's going to be a star. So people shouldn't be crying about it too much. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We got another hour. Come on back on Sports Bible.
21: USA News. I'm Corey Myers. A jury cleared three Washington State police officers of all criminal charges yesterday in the 2020 death of Manuel Ellis. Officers reporting that Ellis was trying to open the door of a passing car when they confronted him and he became aggressive. Witnesses say Ellis never got aggressive and a doorbell camera showed him surrendering before being tased and restrained face down. The defense argued that a lethal amount of methamphetamine and pre-existing heart conditions killed Ellis, not the officers' actions. All three officers had been charged with manslaughter. Two of them were also charged with second-degree murder. The Christmas holiday weekend arriving, but with the added specter of war in the Holy Land. Ryan Daniels has more.
19: Israeli forces were beginning to slowly push into central Gaza Friday with heavy artillery bombardment and airstrikes reported. Since the October 7th murder of more than 1,300 Jews at the hands of Hamas terrorists in Israel, the death toll for Palestinians has topped 50,000 amidst the IDF's retaliatory invasion.
21: Meanwhile, the U.S. now putting its support behind the newly softened language in a U.N. Security Council resolution. It calls for new humanitarian aid corridors, close monitoring of them, and a commitment to working toward a lasting cessation of hostilities. Israel revealing what it describes as the extensive tunnel network beneath Gaza City constructed by Hamas. Dave Collins has more.
19: According to Israeli officials, the network includes command and control centers, meeting rooms, and hideouts for top Hamas leaders. However, Israel has not confirmed reports about the initiation of seawater pumping into these
3: tunnels.
21: This is USA News. American auto dealerships operating under the Ford Motor Company don't all appear to be buying into EVs. The auto giant says half of its dealers in the United States still have not committed to making investments in electric vehicles. Ford says there are nearly 1,600 of its dealerships, which they say will stick with selling only internal combustion and hybrid engine vehicles in 2024. At the same time, roughly 9 in 10 Americans already live near a Ford auto dealer that does service EVs. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration warning consumers about counterfeit versions of the diabetes drug Ozempic. The FDA has seized thousands of units of the product recently as the agency advises wholesalers, pharmacies, and patients to check the product they have to make sure it is not counterfeit. The FDA and Ozempic manufacturer Novo Nordisk say they are testing seized products for information about identity, quality, and safety. More information and instructions on how you can identify counterfeit product can be found on the FDA's website. The lawsuit against Nirvana's Nevermind album and the band is back on. Spencer Eldon is the infant featured on the cover. He is alleging sexual exploitation and ongoing personal harm. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
5: If you're a diabetic, we have great
19: news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more.
1: 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065. That's 800-471-7065. That's 800-278-1738.
16: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. (laughs)
2: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast, around the world. Black Dahlia is supposed to be in here in less than 20 minutes. He's been in here a few times before. I'm a big punk fan. Paul Cafaro is his name, <clears throat> but all the other names he's had, and he's had hella names. I think my favorite one was Julius Seizure. He's also been Kip Casper... Earl Lee Grace, Astro Boy. Last time he was here, he was Ralph Champagne. He had a new album on uh, vinyl. So he a, he um, he texted me when I was in Boston, and he's like, I got a new album. I'm like, as soon as you get back, come on in. And so I, he's on his way in. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> there have been a lot of very interesting names of punk bands. Like when I first heard the name Dead Kennedys, When I was a kid, I thought, oh, that's so offensive. And then I love DK where there's stuff. You know, Jodie Foster's Army after Reagan got shot. Um, I saw MDC once. That stands for Millions of Dead Cops. But uh, Black Dahlia has produced albums as well. And he produced an album by John Cougar Concentration Camp. (laughs) I'm not trying to... Not Obviously, I'm not laughing at concentration camp. It's just John Cougar concentration camp. Um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, if you're easily... Don't worry, people don't swear on the show. It's fine. If they do, then I, I tell them to stop if you are faint of heart when it comes uh, to that stuff. 1-800-87A-PLAY. Big shout out to our brave men and women who keep us safe, especially during these holiday times. I know it's tough being away from home. Maybe only 1% of you are glad to be away from home during these times. Stay away from drunkle or whoever. Most of you wish you were at home, so we definitely appreciate all that you do regularly, but especially now these times of the year when you can get pretty homesick for sure. Uh, tune in app i Radio Upstitcher of up, twitch.tv there I am on the camera twitch.tv get it now don't don't wait get it now come on back
16: some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to sky Rizzy, Rin Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy with Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. doctor today about SkyRizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more.
1: Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty.
12: What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-771-4125. That's 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. Eight hundred seven seven one four one two five, eight hundred seven seven one forty one twenty 800-771-4125. five.
6: 8007714125titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius the best show ever. He's so wonderful Genius the best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle isn't he so handsome? He's a genius. Coming up next,
2: it's your boy Rick Tittle. Ah, uh, yeah, how about that? Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's eleven twelve. We like to check in with one of our friends. At ProWagering and ProWagering.com, they put in the research and they get the results. Carmine Marino is with us. Carmine, good to talk to you. And, uh, you know, we usually talk about horses, but, you know, in the NFL, they say you need the horses as well. So let's talk a little NFL football. The uh, They'll start uh, two games tomorrow. The Bills are at the Chargers, and the Bills are favored by a whopping... Twelve and a half. and a half they sure looked good last week but the funny thing about the bills even though they're one of the top five teams in the nfl right now if the playoffs started today they would not be in it they've been kind of a jekyll and hyde team now the chargers are in a free fall they have no coach they have no gm their quarterback is on the injured list so uh is that 12 and a half too much what are you thinking
23: I think the, I, I put it this way. I, I don't think the Bills can lose the game. I think they're going to run the table. This is just stepping them up towards the playoffs. They're going to win the division. They're going to overcome Miami, and they're going to be the shock. And I, I think they're going to the Super Bowl against the Niners.
2: Wow! So you you're, you think they'll cover?
23: I think they're going to cover. I think Brady's done a phenomenal job with the offensive coordinating the calls. I think Allen's playing the smartest court football he's played. I don't necessarily know. Um, I don't see how you can take the Chargers. I, you know, the 12 points looks like you know they could easily win. That's a bad number. I mean, I could see the final score in this game, you know, being 24-13. to 13. Maybe the Bills ease up because they got, you know, with a couple weeks to go. But I think the Dolphins are in a very vulnerable spot. I think they lose two, maybe even three games down the stretch. They have the Ravens on deck. They play the Cowboys this week, and they got the Bills out of four games. I mean, you know, I think the Buffalo Bills will win that division, go 11-6 and six and run the table.
2: Yeah, and the Chargers almost gave up a 70 spot last time against the Raiders. So. You know,
23: and that's a funny that's a funny point. That was the worst 63-point offensive performance I've ever witnessed. <laughs> You're talking about two defensive scores, five turnovers, five touchdowns. I mean, 20 for 34 by a quarterback in a 63-point game, you would think he threw for 500 yards, not even close. But the Chargers quit. Staley should have been fired a long time ago.
2: Let's talk about the Niners now, because as you said, you think they're going to be in the uh, the Super Bowl, and it's going to be a great game on Monday night. As two eleven and three teams will meet Baltimore at San Francisco, and ever since San Francisco had that little uh, losing streak, they came out of the bye. They beat the Jags by 31. They beat the Bucks by 13. They beat the Seahawks by 18. They beat the Eagles by 23. They beat Seattle again by 12, and they beat the Cardinals by 16. McCaffrey is a machine. Uh, Brock Purdy is getting MVP mentions. Is he the best guy in his own team? Who knows? But uh, are you uh, are you liking the Niners with the Ravens because they are giving up five and a half to Baltimore?
23: Uh, you know, it's interesting. I think this is going to be a phenomenal football game. A lot of people are going to look at this as a preview for the Super Bowl. I think the Niners will win the game. I really do. Um, I think they're going to end up sewing up home field advantage with the win. I think the Ravens are a very good football team. Um, they're going to lose this game, and then they'll come back and they'll smush the Dolphins. And I think the Ravens will end up with home field advantage in the AFC for the rest of the playoffs.
2: This uh, um, just for fun, as a as a Raider fan, whenever. The Raiders go to Arrowhead. It's usually pretty ugly for my silver and black. The Chiefs uh, with uh, at giving up 10. Now, I kind of feel like they're going to win by two touchdowns. I think the Chiefs will cover. But, you know, of course, the Raiders, they score 63. And four days before that, they scored zero against <laughs> Minnesota. So I was there. Oh, my gosh. I was
23: at the game. Yeah, it was the ugliest game I've ever witnessed.
2: It was a baseball game, 3 nothing.
23: Yeah, three-run home run in the top of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What do
2: you think about Raiders at Arrowhead?
23: In all honesty, Kansas City should destroy the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Unless the Raiders get lucky with some turnovers, the problem with the Raiders is still O'Donnell. I mean, they're, they're, their quarterback is not that good yet. His inexperience, mistakes are going to cost them. The Kansas City Chiefs defense has been the only part of their season that has been decent. Um, I think Kansas City won this game. I, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. They could they could actually win this game twenty seven to seven or twenty seven nothing. I don't think the Raiders can lose the game or win the game. Um, I think Kansas City uh, right now is in, in a good position. They're going to win the division. They're going to probably be a maybe a two, possibly just a three seed. But um, I look, I look for Kansas. I, I'm sorry to tell you, I, I know you're a Raider fan, but well, Kansas City ain't going to lose this game. No. I'll tell you, the team that I'm enjoying this year is the Colts. I think the Colts may win that division. I love them against Atlanta this weekend.
2: Yeah, Atlanta is a dud, and there'll be probably some Minshew magic in that one. You uh, touched on uh, one game, probably the best game on Sunday, um, two 10-4 teams, Cowboys at Dolphins. And, um, you know, the Cowboys have to look at themselves in the mirror. They kind of remind me of the Bills in the way that we all believe in them and then they let us down. But uh, I don't see – and Vegas is really iffy on this. I mean, the, the Dolphins are only giving up one point. It's almost a pick em, So what do you think?
23: You know, the irony here is that you have two teams that have the same M.O., Give us, a, give us a bad team, we're going to beat the hell out of them. Put, up a, put us up against a good team, we get the hell beat out of us. Uh, the loss against Tennessee really opens up Pandora's box on Miami because right now Miami literally could lose three games down the stretch, not counting the Tennessee game. I, I mean, the Cowboys' defense was overwhelmed by a running game. I mean, How can you beat Dallas' defense throwing for 90 yards in an NFL game? in 2023. i, I got to be honest, I, I really like the Cowboys in this game, if they can put pressure on Tua. I think Dallas is the better team. Could Miami win? Absolutely, if Tariq Hill has a nor, his normal game, which by the way, he cost me the championship of my, I couldn't get into my playoffs because he was out, uh, it broke my heart. Mm. But I, I, I sit here and tell you, I think that the Miami Dolphins will lose this game, and they're going to lose, I see. I see them losing three out of the last four games, counting this game here. Maybe even four out of five because they lost last week to Tennessee. But I don't think the Dolphins. I'm not a believer in Tua. I'm not a believer in the Dolphins. They're, they're not. T- t- now, this is the game where one of these teams is going to basically become the most vulnerable team in the playoffs.
2: One more for you. The Eagles host the Giants, and uh, Tommy Cutlets finally lost a game. But the Eagles have lost three in a row and they've they're kind of doing a mini finger pointing as well and so of course the eagles are going to win but i i looked at a 13 and a half i thought for the way the giants have been playing lately i thought that was a bit high what do you think
23: i take the points in this game i think yeah. i think anything as a three-game losing streak and if you look at the six games before that uh I, I, the eagles have a problem similar to kansas city they're frustrating and they're frustrated to themselves. And, and what happened last week when they lost to Seattle the way they did? Yes, yeah, now they're pointing fingers at one another. I sit there and say that the Giants will be competitive in this game. They won't win the game. They're not good enough. Devito's done a hell of a job. This is a great story. Don Bosco kid from New Jersey, going on do, doing his thing. I, I, I see this game being, you know, may, maybe twenty to ten. I, I think the Giants can cover the points if they're getting and they and that that may go to fourteen. And if it does. I'm definitely taking the Giants. And the sad part about it is I don't think they can win. I hate betting a team that can't win. But I think the Eagles, this is a must win for the Eagles as it is for the the Cowboys because if the Eagles lose this game, they're not going to win that division.
2: There he is, Carmine Marino. He can do it all. ProAdring, ProAgering.com. Happy holidays, my friend, and we'll uh, catch up Merry soon. Merry
23: Christmas, Rick, to you and your family, and God bless you, and Happy New Year as well. I'll talk to you next week.
2: All right, good stuff, buddy. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back with Black Dahlia in the studio. <laughs>
1: That's
9: 800-788-1495. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free no-obligation consultation
1: That's 800-943-2153.
11: Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income,
1: That's 800-760-1845. Hey, coach.
9: Yes. Why don't you quit so we can get us a real coach?
14: Tittle can usually be found at He Baby Mama House.
2: All right, thank you for that. Uh, Blag is a few minutes out, so let's talk a little sports till he gets here. Yesterday, Major League Baseball announced that some modifications (laughs) to the rules, yet again, we didn't change for 150 years, and now in the last couple of years, we're changing every day. And Tony Clark, the head of the union, said yesterday, this afternoon, play representatives voted against the 2024 rule changes proposed by the commissioner's office. As they made clear in the competition committee, players strongly feel that following last season's profound changes to the fundamental rules of the game, immediate additional changes are unnecessary and offer no meaningful benefits to fans, players, or competition on the field. This season should be used to gather data and fully examine the health, safety, and injury impacts of reduced recovery time, And that is where our focus will be. So MLB uh, announced these rule changes, approved by the competition committee, that's six owners, four players, and an umpire, and here they are. The runner's lane, you know that, the first baseline, that will be widened to include the dirt area between the foul line and the infield grass. Widening the lane allows batters to take a more direct path to first base retaining protection from interference. The distance between the foul line and grass will be 18 and 24 inches in all parks with some limited grace periods granted by MLB due to difficulty in modifying the field. In other words, artificial turf. That's really weird because usually if you run inside that line, you are out. Pace of the game, MLB proposed minor changes to pace of game regulations addressing the fact that as the season progressed, the average nine inning game went up seven minutes from April to September. Aha, the timing between pitches, instead of 20 seconds with runners on base to pitch, it'll now be 18 seconds. Pitchers began their deliveries, an average of 7.3 seconds remaining on the 22nd clock. Violations with runner-on base were the least frequent of violations, 14% of all violations. A universal 17-second clock used for the final month of AAA season did not increase violations with runners-on. Also, batter timeouts. Based on players' feedback, MLB withdrew a proposal that would have required the home plate umpire to immediately reset the pitch clock after a batter called timeout. So not much of a timeout it would have been. Pitching changes. If a new pitcher steps onto the warning track with less than two minutes remaining on the inning break clock, the clock will reset to two rather than two fifteen, that was the case last year. And so then inning breaks that contained a pitching change averaged two minutes and thirty-five seconds in twenty twenty-three. Um broadcasters are only guaranteed two minutes of commercial time. I know what this is like as someone who was a technical director for Major League Baseball for many years. There was one point where they tried to sneak in an extra 15 seconds, and they told me as the TD, if the guy starts the pitch, dump out of the commercial. And I had to do that five, six times a game. And then we owed that 15, and then we had to bonus it, and then we had to find other ways to air that commercial. It was stupid, it was panicky, it caused a lot of anxiety, and they got rid of it. Mound visits. Mound visits will be reduced from five per game to four. MVR, most viable Rick. Now it's mound visits remaining. Yes, and um, you'll get an extra mound visit awarded in the ninth inning if the defensive team has zero remaining at the eighth. So that means you can use them all up, and then you still get one. The umpires will also permit defensive players to signal for a mound visit without actually visiting the mound. So what, you got to yell over? (laughs) Circumvention, the FTC, Field Timing Coordinator, that's a person, yes. He's now, or she, will restart the timer after a dead ball foul. Now, dead ball, which is like a foul ball. When the pitcher has the ball and play is ready to resume, there'll be no longer a requirement for the pitcher to be on the mound, removing the pitcher's ability to delay the start of the timer by walking around the edge of the mound, which I guess probably one guy did once, probably a Tuesday game in, <laughs> in April in St. Louis against the Braves, and they're like, ah, <clears throat> pitchers, this is really weird. Think about this. A pitcher who is sent out to warm up for an inning must face at least one batter in addition to the requirements under the three batter minimum rule. There were 24 instances this season where the pitcher that warmed up between innings was replaced before throwing a pitch, adding approximately three minutes of dead time per event. There were two such instances during this last World Series too. So once again, if you're sent out to warm up, you have to go in, which is just I I don't really I don't really get that. But as I said, <clears throat> uh, a lot of people complained about the rules. A lot of people. I remember when they brought in replay, and I talked to Bob Melvin down at spring training when he was with the A's, and we were just sitting in the dugout, and I'm like, how how's that going to work? Do you like throw a red flag? I mean, you, you get what two challenges. And he, he said, I have no idea because we, we, we haven't really even talked about it. He goes, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And what have we seen with that replay? What have we seen with it? We have seen that you basically get, um, limitless replays <laughs> because all you got to do is ask the home plate umpire. Hey, can you review that for me? What's that? You think you could, uh, review that? Yeah, I'll go ahead. We'll make it an umpire's review. They have that. They have the ability to do that. But, you know, sometimes the rule changes are good. And, you know, I think about the, uh, in soccer, uh, you used to be able to kick the ball back to the goalie and he could just pick it up. And after Sweden 92, the European Championships, they decided that they were going to not do that anymore. It was just too easy to just kick it back to your own guy. So they decided you can knee it, head it, or chest it back, but you can't kick it back. Otherwise, it's an illegal back pass and then an indirect free kick. Um, Not a handball, like some people might think. But everyone was like, oh, my gosh, that's that's changed everything. Well, that was in 1992, and you'd have to say that um, it's a good rule because it was way too easy to just eliminate a, an attacking play that they, you know, the other big thing that I've noticed since I've been a soccer fan, and this happened in 1982 at the world cup, they decided to make three points for a win instead of two points for a win. You got two points for a win and one point for a tie. And they thought if we make it three points for a win, then people will attack more. There'll be more, more attacking football. Uh, I think I just left my body there for a second. (laughs) But, (coughs) excuse me, they (laughs) decided I'm boring myself. I'm leaving my own body. This is so boring. (laughs) But they decided it would be more exciting because teams would try harder because the idea of getting three points was huge. And then people would complain, like saying, this team lost two games, but yet they have the same amount of points as we do, and we tied three games. And it said, uh, oh, okay, that's good. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I I think, you know, I kind of agree with Tony Clark <clears throat> that can we let this one, can we let these rules kind of sink in for a little bit instead of just tinker, tinker, tinker. That whole thing about moving the mound back, that was, you know, ridiculous. I remember my dad saying, how did they know that 90 feet was just right, where you're always barely safe or barely out? How did they know that, that was would be so many bang-bang plays? You know, how did they come to 60 feet, 6 inches? Right? I get 60 feet, the symmetry of 90 in between bags, but 60 feet, 6 inches? But you'd have to start teaching it you know, at the at the high school level, and let these guys develop. You can't just change it right away. But that's the thing that's maddening about the NFL is how many times the rules have changed, and how many stupid rules that we have had. Like it used to be, if you jumped up in the air and caught a pass, and the guy knocked you out of bounds, you still was like, "Well, if the guy didn't knock you out of bounds, you would have caught it." I'm like, "Yeah, but he did." We had instant replay. We got rid of it if you're not old enough to remember, and then we brought it back, and that's because the L.A. Raiders at the time, hurts to say that, Doki Williams had one foot in the back of the end zone, and the guy in the booth said, pass incomplete, and the guy on the field thought he said, pass is complete. And so they changed the nomenclature to the play is confirmed, the, com- the play is overturned. So you can't, you can't get those words wrong, Jeff Triplett. But they said, instant replay doesn't work. It's a piece of garbage. It takes forever. We hate it. It's not real. And so they got rid of it. And then there were just more and more egregious refereeing decisions. And they're like, all right, we got to bring it back. (laughs) We have to find a way. And now in soccer with VAR, video assistant referee, they get down to seeing if your thumbnail is past the thread of a guy's shirt it's ridiculous. What they're supposed, what Villa was in, was supposed to get rid of horrifying bad decisions. And now, if a ball accidentally hits your arm, when it's now and they're calling these handballs, it's all bad. Stop tinkering with the rules. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we will come on back right here on Sports Byline USA. Hopefully, with Black Dahlia.
1: It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
19: Attention homeowners. It's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's homeownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027.
1: 392 7027 That's 800-392-7027.
19: Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
1: I'm going to give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property
14: If you're thinking about calling Rick Tittle, just put down that phone and shut your ugly face.
2: That hurts my feelings. All right, we have the man himself, Block of the Dwarves, back in studio. How you doing, my man?
13: Rock legend in the place to be, Rick. How you feeling? Wow, man, that made me nostalgic. The old uh, salt and pepper and, and uh, Vogue. Yeah. That's some Oakland classic uh, Oakland classic. They right used there. to
2: play Tim Brown and the Raiders. The first catch he would make every game, they would play that. Wow. That's why I threw that in. (laughs) Um, Holding it up to the Twitch cameras here, PG-13, the new Dwarves concept album with a very beautiful naked woman, full frontal. Gotta be. um, Vinyl and also CDs uh, as well. Tell us a little bit more about the concept
13: album, please. You know, man, this was kind of like our white album, we felt like. You know, this was like we... we in two days, we recorded 25 songs. What? It was insane. It was like nothing you've ever seen before. Wow. And like nobody could believe it the way it was coming together. I mean, we only did a rehearsal or two. Right. And then all of a sudden, we're in the studio and it's just track after track after track. And we were like, wow, we got a double album here.
2: Were you writing them at the same time or were they already written?
13: The songs were already written, but we did so many of them that we wound up writing three of them there in the studio. Wow. Because it was like we got done early the second day, and we already had, like, (laughs) 22 songs. We're like, well, let's not stop. We're here and uh, so, yeah, we uh, just, you know, everybody had an instrumental or something. And we, you know, next thing we knew, we had another three tracks. I mean, it was just one of those blessed days, Rick, where where you're just killing it. And, you know, the, the personnel was amazing. I mean, you had Josh Fries in there, who's now in the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a huge one. And, of course, Nick Oliveri from, you know, Queens and Caius and those groups. And, and so just very strong rhythm section. And we were just killing it, you know, so we said, yeah, man, we and and, you know, I start putting this record together and it sounds like a double album and it's like the white album. And I'm thinking, OK, you know, we're going to do a double album. But after a while, I chickened out of the double album because it was like nobody wants those. You know what <laughs> I mean? So I said, OK, can we can we make just the strongest single album possible and then maybe, uh, you know, we'll fill out the CD with the extra tracks. So so that's what we did.
2: I've just swung the uh twitch.tv camera around to uh Black Dahlia. You right. you said put the legend. album together, you are uh, a record producer. You've done like John Cougar Concentration Camp, <laughs> Swinging Utters, like that. Yeah, So a when punk you're band. you're singing, but in your mind are you mixing too? Like how does it all work?
13: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it's it's uh I think being a producer, I mean, different people do it different ways, right? Some guys like they play every instrument, and they, you know, have this kind of vision of them playing the whole record. And I'm kind of the opposite, you know. If you know, I just try and get the best guys I can find, uh, or girls, mm-hmm. or non-binary folk. And then, um, I just kind of try and twist that into a great record. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm sort of producing the whole time is, you know, and, and for me, it's all about just getting those great performances out of, out of people. And invariably they take something that I might've conceived one way and make something totally different out of it. And you're like, yeah, let's do this, you know? So it's really
2: cool from, uh, greedy records and uh i see the vinyl made in the czech republic who would have thought
13: i know it's not wild they uh um a lot of the vinyl gets made in the czech republic now but you got to be careful with rock and roll records because they do this thing i don't know it's kind of getting in the weeds i guess but it's called direct metal mastering but it it (laughs) it really kind of ruins your guitar sounds, you know, and you got to do it the old-fashioned way where they cut a lacquer.
6: Hmm.
13: But there's not a lot of lacquer cutting places left. You know, a lot of the vinyl cutting places closed down decades ago. Hmm. So you got to kind of, you really got to stay on it.
2: Black Dahlia of the Dwarves is with us. I always wondered too because I interview him all the time, Joey Keithley or Joey Shead from DOA. Sure. And uh, when I was a uh, DJ in college, all I played was punk. I used to play that War on Forty Five album all the time. Right. We're the same age. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I ask you, did you like he does in British Columbia? Did you ever think
13: about going into politics? Like, <laughs> like Jello tried too, right? Jello will vote me mayor. Uh, no, I got a few skeletons in my closet, Rick. I don't think I'd be a very successful politician. I have, I have enough trouble just getting somebody from a record company to put something out or, or getting somebody to put us on a, on a festival. As far as like, convincing people to change their minds about things, I don't, I don't think I'd be very successful at that.
2: Well, you've been pretty influential. Last year you were in here with Vinyl, Ralph Champagne.
13: Yeah, I yeah, made a whole solo thing. That was a kind of a departure. So, yeah, that was. Uh, I'm kind of going through a little renaissance here Ooh, in my old age, Rick. Sure. I, you know, made up a whole new personality. I put out a book that I think I gave you a copy of last yeah. year called Highland Falls. Right, and then we came back with a Dwarves record. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of kind of been fun, little renaissance.
2: New Year's Eve down here at the Kilowatt South of Market on. Uh, Well, it's going to be on 16th. That's more the mission, right?
13: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sorry.
2: Um, New Year's Eve, you're going to be playing with some cool bands, Fusion Baby, 666, but you're also playing with a band that uh, Vladimir Putin didn't like, uh, Pussy Riot.
13: That's right. I mean, I'm thrilled about this. These are some women from, uh, from Russia who really pissed off the Kremlin by doing a live performance of, like, punk rock in a in a russian orthodox church and they actually locked up a couple of them and and uh, you know they had to escape the country and stuff so and it's a very unlikely pairing rick i still can't believe how it happened you know because the (laughs) doors well in
2: a way it's kind of the same you guys wear those like lucha libre masks they kind of do that too (laughs) yeah
13: there's some elements that are the same But, you know, I mean, I, I I have sympathy with anything that's cool and underground and weird, you know, and mm-hmm. the tours are definitely that and Pussy Riot is definitely that. But, yeah, they're more known as like, you know, kind of feminist collective and kind of dancey <laughs> weird stuff. And then we're just like a hardcore band full of, you know, everybody calls us misogynist because we like to put beautiful women on our records <laughs> and stuff. You know, we don't feel misogynist, but we, we, we'll get that thrown at us sometimes. So I was like, What Wow, this is going to be a crazy show. I mean, I think it's sold out already, but it, you you can try and get a ticket online. I think there might be a couple left, but It
2: says join the waiting list
13: $77. Oh, yeah, you know, it's New Year's Eve, so people are paying the But money. I know you, I might get on. Rick, squeeze me in. On, baby. You are on. You I remember years
2: ago we were at uh, I've done so many um punk live band. I was I did it in Colorado Springs. It's the same guys. It's um uh, you know Stan Lee from the Dickies wow and um, God, who's the guy talk who... about the
13: original punk band the Dickies I yeah. mean they've been around longer Manny than the Mo sex pistols were yeah it's <laughs> hilarious but, uh,
2: but I saw you we were at bottom of the hill and it's when Soto was
13: still alive the bassist right yeah so that was what was that, like eight years like ago? punk rock karaoke. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I got up there and did, uh,
2: I think, uh, Search and Destroy and a couple things. That's right. Very cool. Um, so um, the thing that I also love about when I go to these these punk shows is that, and especially since the pandemic, I've been going to so many, and I've seen, saw The Exploited, I saw DK a couple times, I've seen The Descendant a couple times, but I see these kids under 20, and I ask them, I go, how do you know all the words? And they usually say, we have cool parents. Because, <laughs> you know, this was the, the punk time was right in our wheelhouse. So I kind of feel like, you know, who are the new bands that are trying to carry over? Because it seemed like when there was going to be some punk, it would turn into some kind of a peppy Blink-182. Or, right. you know, Green Day was good, but they were more mainstream. They weren't really right, right. punk. So I'm, I'm amazed at how many young punks there still are.
13: Yeah, and it kind of works a variety of different ways. I mean, we kind of straddle that line, Nick, Rick, Mm -hmm. between doing, um, like peppy, happy punk that like Blink-182 fans would like because mm-hmm. that's sort of one kind of punk that I like. To me, that's kind of Ramonesy and Green Day kind of had that right. Mm-hmm. And then there's an other side that's a little nastier and more sick-making. The kind of, you know, old bands would be like Black Flag or The Germs. Mm-hmm. And so I like to hit both of those areas of, of, of punk when I can. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like most bands do that. Most bands like Pick out one or the other. It's like, we're going to be kind of poppy, and then they got all their poppy songs, or it's like, we're not going to be poppy, we're not going to have any background vocals, we're just going to be real tough on everything, and then they they do it that way, you know. But dwarves, we kind of like to cut it up and change it around, and we'll go metal for a track, then we'll go kind of noise experimental. And then all of a sudden, it'll be like old fashioned fifties rock and roll. You know, it's just like <laughs> whoa, what are you doing? Sarah. You know, but that's kind of been the Dwarves thing for a couple decades now. Is just like jumping around genre to genre. So on New Year's, we're gonna be playing with a good kind of pop punk thing with female vocals, which is this uh, band called the Six Six Six. And I really like them. And I got her to sing with me on a song called We Will Dare on this record. And she's very good. You know, it's just uh, her name's Mad Lucas. And she's a, she's a good vocalist. And, you know, so they're more of that, like, happy, peppy version of of punk but with nasty lyrics kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you see these different kinds of groups doing different things. And then you get something like Pussy Riot. I mean, I don't even think they have guitars anymore. I think it's mostly, like, program music. Uh, and and
2: Electronica, kind of. Yeah,
13: it's kind of (laughs) some sort of dance elements, You know, and again, we've been throwing that in for a long time, too, because it's, you know, to me, it just, who wants to hear a record Mm -hmm. where the next song sounds like the last song? You know, like, I want to hear something different. (laughs) So, you know, I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, I can't wait to... uh, to meet those guys and see what they have to say you know but you never know how how stuff like that's gonna go because people look you up online and it's like you know i do not like you you're a misogynist <laughs> you know and you go okay i don't know what to do now so we're hoping everybody has fun and enjoys it you know it's
2: funny the uh, i got out this old vinyl and there was this old vinyl that that was from my grandmother's house, and there was an album, it was Best of the Ink Spots. Oh, and you talk about I didn't care. Every single song, because you, you said they the sound of the same, spot. every, and I don't, I'm not kidding, every single song began with, bum, 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 bum. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, these are all different songs. It's <laughs> insane. We'll take a quick break, we'll come back, we'll have a couple minutes left with Black Dahlia. The new concept album, From the Dwarves, is out. Get on back. <laughs>
6: I feel like I have no privacy.
17: President Biden recently released a massive six trillion dollar budget, the largest budget in US history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact.
1: 800-211-6008 800-211-6008 That's 800-211-6008
18: resistors to mind reprogramming will be exterminated for the good of the state
19: what kind of government you guys got here this is worse than california
14: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now, back to Rick Kittle.
2: <laughs> ha ha, we got a couple minutes left in the uh, Scholar show, thing. and we got uh, Black Dahlia of the Dwarves, the Dwarves concept album uh, from Greedy Records, which is available on CD and vinyl. Uh, we just have a couple minutes. Let me ask you about some of the tracks.
13: It's all about sports, Rick. <laughs> that's where that's we're getting at. We're really <laughs> deep into the sports thing.
2: One song's called "Kinda Consensual" with a K. <laughs>
13: Kinda consensual.
2: Oh. One has called. One's called "Nobody F'd You." <laughs> well, tell me about
13: "Stabbed My Dad." You know that's based on a true story. Um, my my brother found his neighbor stabbed in front of his house. And, yeah, it turned out that the kid uh, uh, the kid had stabbed his dad. And so I got inspired to write a song. And then I, right at the last minute, I kind of speeded it up so it sounded like I was the kid, you know? Like, <laughs> literally sped up the tape. And, you know, it comes out, and I stabbed my dad. You know, it's pretty funny.
2: Tell me about Everybody
23: Squirts.
13: <laughs> everybody Squirts. <laughs> Just another terrible pun, but it was actually based on that... Uh, everybody needs somebody to love an oh, old yeah, ha- yeah. haskell wexler song but i but i kind of updated it and it's everybody needs somebody to do something else rick you know we'll keep it pg for the sports show. <laughs> how
2: about uh well there's where we will dare you said you're gonna do the duet we will
13: dare that's like the pop punk duet with the beautiful singer yeah yeah uh not the one on the album that's a professional model or someone you know the one on the album is a professional model boy mm. she was gorgeous too i know it's it once you get ancient rick it's like the only way i can associate <laughs> with beautiful women is by making these records you know <laughs> by paying them
6: it's <laughs>
2: like i'll
13: pay you to stand near me <laughs> yeah
2: um one more here uh you lose we win what's that about <laughs>
13: My guitar player, the Fresh Prince of Darkness, wrote that song. Um, You know, sometimes he'll write songs just to mock me based on things that I say. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when something goes well for us, I've been known to say, like, you know, dwarves win, you lose, you know. (laughs) So he writes this song, and the chorus is, yeah, you know you love the dwarves, you know, dope and speed and (laughs) whores. It's the dwarves, you know, this kind of thing.
1: It's
2: great to see you, man. Thanks for coming in.
13: Of course. It's my pleasure, Rick. Thanks for having me. Don't forget the Dwarves concept album. Everybody needs to go out and buy this. And if you're here in the Bay Area, you got to see us New Year's Eve with Pussy Riot at the the Kilowatt.
2: Kilowatt. Everybody, happy holidays, and we'll see you on Tuesday. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll catch
13: you then. Right on.